0: Screw up, they're gonna, you know, give me a lobotomy or something, you know. So, I really, uh, it might take a little getting used to, all right? It is, uh, I'm gonna start out the sermon with a, a video because uh, Steve called me and said that uh, you guys are doing a series on the Spirit and to talk about the Holy Spirit today. So, I want to show you a video that describes how we need to keep. Not just the letter of God's law, but the Spirit as well. So let's uh, enjoy this for a minute here, all right? I hope you can catch the subtlety of this.
1: I haven't been to church since I don't remember when. Things were going great till they fell apart again. So I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do said you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you sometimes we get angry but we must not condemn let the good lord do his job you just pray for them i pray your brakes go out running down a hill i pray a flower pot falls from the windowsill Knocks you in my head Like I'd like to I pray your birthday comes And nobody calls I pray your flying high When your engine stalls I pray all your dreams Never come true Just know wherever you are honey, I pray for you I'm really glad yeah. Go out running down a hill Where a flower pot falls from a windowsill And knocks you in the head like I'd like to
0: Now that's the kind of Christian we don't want to be, all right? I mean, I start watching this song, and it really draws you in. You know, it's got a good beat, and, you know, even me, I can shake a little. And uh, I got into this, and then, what he's praying for. We're to pray for our enemies, but uh, let's, uh, let's, let's change what we pray sometimes, all right? Took my watch off. You know what that means? Nothing. No, really, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a more disciplined preacher these days, so hopefully it means a lot. <laughs> and I have preached for you before, and uh, it, it's been all over the place, so let's keep it disciplined today, all right? Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Romans, the 8th chapter. I really want to lift up uh, Mike and Libby. They just got back from the Middle East. Kathy and I went to Australia in January, and oh my goodness, we hadn't been overseas in a long time. And You know, it is hard when you're over 50 to go traveling like that. And you know, Mike, he is so old that uh, Libby's a little younger, so uh, it's not as hard on her. But I just admire Mike in an amazing way that he can, he can handle it. So I'm going to say some very... Sweet mushy things about Mike at just the right time in this sermon, He's gonna sneak up on his heart and it's just gonna it's gonna be amazing. But uh, I really do admire him. The Middle East is not a safe place, and Mike and Libby are devoted there and this church is and supporting it and helping it. And I just applaud you for that. I'm in town uh, for a hope. Uh, worldwide board meeting I, i'm on the board there basically we we've had uh, two days of uh, discipleship they they call it board alignment that's just a nice way of saying you're going to get changed transformed whether you like it or not and uh you know cuz we're trying to build team and everything and so i'm humbled today I've, i i uh, some outside consultants, it seems to sink deeper when people that don't know you are right on about you you know and uh, I got challenged about assertiveness. I was way too aggressive. I left a weight behind me, and that was too much. And, and so I, the pendulum swang, and, and I became a little more passive. And I'm getting back to uh, being assertive. A good leader is above assertive, and he's a little bit aggressive. That's what you guys have. You, you have some great leaders in this group. I mean, uh, I've, yeah, Amen. Mike, Mike is uh, one of my heroes. One of the most passionate brothers. He came out to Omaha and spoke, and I mean, he just—he it was incredible. And I thought, wow, that was so intense. You know, man, I got to step it up a notch. And we brought this couple with us. It was a marriage thing, and, and I see him just going straight out the back and out to the parking lot. And I thought, oh, maybe he was too intense. Oh, Mike, come on, what are you doing? And they just got some out of their car and came back in. They thought he was awesome. You know. So, you want a little bit aggressive bleeder, alright? Just to swallow that, cause that's the best kind. That's what Steve is, and Doug is, and Doug is, and, and Steve, they've both spoken, and I've heard them lately, and I'm just, I just think, wow. They, they're good. They're good, you know? Cause preachers, we, we know what's good. We think we do, anyway. And, uh, so anyway. Therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. When Gordon Fergus and I were leading the church in San Diego, Gordon asked me to read a book by a fellow named Bruce Naramore entitled No Condemnation. He thought I was a little uh, legalistic, a little harsh, not very merciful, not very gracious. To myself for other people. And he was right. And I read that book and it it had a profound impact on me. That when you can give yourself grace, you can give it to other people. And if you haven't been able to give yourself grace, then you haven't extended that mercy to other people. When Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect as I am perfect. He's basically saying, be perfect in love. You're really Christian when you you can love your enemies. Everybody else can love those that love them. And love, give love and return love, but you've really arrived, you've got the spiritual maturity, you've gotten whole when you can love your enemy. Alright? And Jesus just, He redefined Christianity back to the way God's will was in the Sermon on the Mount because the Pharisees gotten so far off of what God really intended through all their legalism and their laws. And so Jesus comes back to re- not to, basically to reinterpret, but to interpret correctly. The law. And we sometimes do keep the law, but we don't keep the spirit behind the law. The heart, the love, the mercy. That's why Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, the key to it is mercy. That if you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. And it's saying here that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I haven't arrived at totally embracing no condemnation. I still feel guilty. Sometimes when I should, because I'm sinful and prideful and selfish and lazy and lustful. And sometimes because I just know I'm not perfect and I'm trying to be. And I I need to accept the forgiveness and grace of God. Because it paralyzes you when you're not free in Christ. All right? It's going to do more than paralyze you when you are guilty and you need to confess your sin. All right? I've helped uh, uh, six young single guys become Christians in the last six months. About one a month. And boy, has that changed my ministry. You know? It's balanced me out a little bit. I, think I I got to a point where I was really, really encouraging and always really trying to build up and give grace and everything. And then I sort of got brought back to reality. These guys are Sinners. I love them to death, but these rascals struggle. <laughs> you know? And we have discipling times every Friday with one fella. and he's so real, he's so open, he's so honest. But man, he just started, he was had an alcoholic background, and his mother lives in a nudist colony, and I mean, he just had a terrible dysfunctional upbringing, and he just needs a lot of support. And I help him to, I need to help him not to feel guilty, but I also need to make sure he keeps the bar where Jesus set it. Be like Jesus. Grace doesn't mean we lower the bar. It means that the Lord lifts us up to that bar. There's now no condemnation. You know, I I helped a little girl we we went from no young people in our church. We just had this yuppie young married church and then a few of us older folks. All right. They think I'm really old. I'm not old, but oh. you know it's all a matter of perspective, you know. How old am I? Well, that's for you to guess. It's over fifty, I'll just give you a hint. All right? But We didn't have any single, so we really focused on it. Now we have 15, you know, college and single-age people. And, you know, some of these girls have been so abused by the world. They're pure. They're righteous. But, you know, some of them have sexual transmitted diseases that will never go away. And they feel so condemned. And, gosh, I hate Satan for that. And I love this verse. And I share it with them all the time. And I try to make every sermon have at least one point for these in the audience that feel condemned over and over, over sins you were forgiven of a long time ago. By the blood, the flowing blood of Jesus from the cross. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we've been set free. He goes on, he says in Romans 8, 3, For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. You know, we're made the image of God. I preached a sermon about that last week. Go online, listen to it. It's a little long, but, you, you know, so break it up in parts, I guess. All right. But I believe we're made in God's image. But I also know we fell from that image. We fell from the glory. We're sinful. Jesus had to come down and relate to sinful man, it says here. In Philippians, it says he had to make himself a little lower than the angels. Hebrews 1 says that he had to come down in human likeness. He came down from the heavenly host, being right up there with God, below the angels, down to man's level. Because we're sinful. To do what? To render the law and sin powerless. That's good stuff. I don't know if anyone has ever extended true mercy to you. I don't know your politics. I don't care. I don't think you should bring them into the church. You know, we should change the world through faith and not the government anyway. I think you should participate any way you want. So. You know, more power to you, but it's election year, so it's a great year to have hope projects because all the politicians want to get out there and collect votes. So we had an incredible MLK day. Our little church of a 100 people, we had... Five fire trucks, the fire chief, the assistant fire chief—they all want to get reelected. We had one person <laughs> running for mayor. We had a guy we running for the U.S. Congress. We had the county treasurer. I mean, we 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 had, we we thought we'd get one of them. We got them all. We didn't have enough slots for them to talk. We just—I had to read them the write at you get five minutes, buddy, five minutes. Right? But it, it was awesome. We got on all the three, you know, all. 15, all three news stations in Omaha. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't, you know, I, 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 I'm not political. These guys were of all the different persuasions, and I thought it was beautiful. And, uh, and, but I heard a story about George W. Bush I want to share with you. One of his speech writers had plagiarized 27 out of 36 of his... Uh, they weren't really speeches, they were briefings. They were supposed to be research reports on certain topics that George needed to get a little smarter on. <laughs> he probably had lots of reports coming his way. All right? But... This fella got caught, and it got all over the newspapers in Washington. I'm not going to tell you his name because he doesn't need to be drugged through the mud anymore. I know it. But he got fired, and, and somebody lower than George fired him. But he asked if he could go in and see the president before he left the, the West Wing. And George said, sure. And he came in, and he had his uh, speech just like the prodigal son written out. And he was going to apologize for embarrassing the president and shaming him and and doing what he did. He was really sinning against the president. And he started off, Mr. President, and George says, I forgive you. He said, No, sir, I, I am so and he's he's crying at that point. And he says, I forgive you. And the guy just, he, he's, he's ready. He's got to get this out. He's got to unload this burden in his conscience. And he, and he starts in again, and George says, I forgive you. I have been shown mercy in my life, and I am intent on showing mercy to you. Amen? And I don't know, I'd like to hear the story about when he received mercy. But that, that should be our heart. There are the times when we're probably the most angry at people, the most embarrassed, the most shamed, the most frustrated with others when we need to teach them a lesson of no condemnation that they'll never forget. Amen? It's easy to kick a dog when it's down. And we do that sometimes. We pile on and we hurt when we, of all people, need to be that healing balm. Amen? To heal hearts. And he goes on in Romans 8, 10 through 11, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, brother, living in you, sister. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to to your mortal body. And he's saying mortal body in a way that really isn't becoming. He says, Jesus is going to give life, the Spirit's going to give life to our dead bodies, our human, our sinful, our nasty selves, through His Spirit who lives in you. What's good in me? You know, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want affirmation. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'll tell you my age now. I'm 54 years old, and I still want people to affirm me. You know? It's embarrassing. I had a therapist. He's really a supervisor in the chaplain's department at the hospital where I work. He told me, he said, Greg, as long as you live here, I'm never going to tell you you did a good job. You're going to tell yourself you did a good job. Because you do a great job, but you want to hear it from me so bad, you're like a child. Oh, that hurt. (laughs) But you know, I'm the youngest of four boys, and my brothers picked on me and mocked me and made fun of me, and my dad was cold and aloof, and I just have something in me to try to please Authority. And try to please my teacher. Try to get that A. I'm driven to succeed. And it's been the best thing for me. Now I look in the mirror and my daughter said, If you say that, Greg, I'm going to crawl under the bench. But I'm going to say it. Doggone it. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me. Brothers and sisters, affirm yourself because the Spirit of God lives in you. See, they're trying to shock me. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. See, Mike will mess with you. He's, he's a practical joker. What they do wrong. <laughs> uh, we're real polished up here. I'm a professional.
2: <laughs>
0: when you come to L.A., man, you should do it Right. <laughs> Now that hokey Midwest stuff, come on. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we have a power within us. If we could just embrace that power. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. That is the power that conquered all evil, all sin, all wickedness. Every demon, every force of the dark world. Come on now. You think Harry Potter has power? You got so much more because of the spirit and you don't even need a wand or a scar on your forehead. Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings.
2: Some of your dads
3: abandoned you. If you have one in heaven to find on the wall.
0: Christ, if indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth. They're not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. And he goes on and he says in verse 24, For in this hope we
3: are saved, but hope in the is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has, but so if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it. I've got to keep going because I really want to get through this first. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our what? Now all you, aren't we, just tune me out. All you perfect kids, you know, powerful, strong, you know, armstrong, bootstrap kind of people, don't worry about me, you know, don't worry about friends, all right? Okay, now I'm <laughs> Spirit helps us. That's what right, I right. We do not know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us, the groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God. will about once a month at the gospel. At at the, the hospital. This happened. I walk past somebody slumped down in a chair, slumped down against the wall, and they're just in pain, And Satan, the murderer, the liar, the destroyer of good, the people for some reason didn't act out. So i sat there and the saying for a while. And eventually all this stuff comes out of me and And then humility always comes out after the Christ. And by the time. Lady, she couldn't pray much. She was grown. I had to give her the words. I had to pray. But from a person that at first didn't want me to even stop, the Spirit, he knew there's something about what I have inside me. And it's the Spirit of God. You know, I want to share it with people. And I do. And I figure out a way. Nothing. You can, you can make your own choice and walk away and God will never touch the Lord. And as a church, we try not to make the Lord but we did get criticized when we to a whole lot of people. You know? Should anything separate as your hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger or sword, for your sake, this is the angel saying, this is Jesus saying, we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things. You and I, brother, are more than conquerors because we didn't even fight the battle. We just did enjoy the victory. Jesus fought the battle. He took on all our sins. He died on the cross. The battle is right. The resurrection. That's why we celebrate Easter. years And not just ready. We just celebrate. Celebrate every Sunday this year. Every Sunday is resurrection morning. Yeah, He just fell down the street, tripped. Hit his head, no blood, nothing. Too drunk, he even realize how bad it was. Went in the house, slept for two days. Had a brain breathing. Brother came on, he over tried to wake him up, he was speaking, just blubber. Rushed to the hospital, sawed off his skull, Frozen for months for the swelling to go down. In intensive care for months. In rehab for months. In speech therapy for months. Finally got his soul put back on. His hair grew back. Everything got fixed. he came to church. He had a cousin who the church. they have been inviting him for years. He finally decided I need to change. (laughs) We've been studying about it for awesome. He's like, he's just so hungry. And he doesn't want to fall down anymore. (laughs) What does the Spirit do for you and me? Works for the universe. Always works for the universe. From the inside out and from the outside, the angels are always watching the God is always trying to take even Satan's disasters, <laughs> tragedies, make I see a lot of tragedy, but I wait. I wait.